Great to have you with us this morning. Last week I spoke about the life of a missionary to Burma called Adoniram Judson. And uh, those of you that were here that heard that message really uh, were blown away by the difficulties, the trauma that he experienced in his life. He lost six children and two wives. His third wife died two years after he did. But he was a pioneer missionary to Burma. And that nation today is full of Judson Baptist churches. And he was a seed that went into the ground and died and germinated and produced much fruit. Our um, three years in Azerbaijan was largely prompted by hearing that story. That after we heard that story, we asked ourselves, are we getting too comfortable in this life? What are we prepared to do to follow our Lord? And the Lord said, go to Azerbaijan to pastor an international church. And we ended up over there. But I guess uh, you guys at lunchtime last week were discussing Adoniram's life and thinking, well, at what part of that journey would you have given up? Because honestly, it was one difficult thing after another. And so today I want to talk about the faithfulness of God. Because you can hear a story like that and you can think, well, hey, where is God? Why didn't God answer the prayers of this family? But it was significant that when he was at his lowest point, after his second wife had died, that he was depressed and he went off into the jungle to seek the Lord. And he cried out to God. And it was there that he had this revelation where God said, it's not a matter of outreach, it's a matter of upreach. As you build relationship with me, as you really get to know and understand me, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will empower you, I will show you what to do. And so there was this spiritual awakening in Burma the following year. And so we can also be challenged to press into God, to upreach to God, to get to know Him. It's very easy to become disillusioned after hardship and difficulty, and some people even lose their faith. We see similar patterns throughout church history and even in the Scriptures, that it's people that know and love their God, that God is able to use in greater measure. So how do we engage in upreach? How do we remain committed and faithful to God throughout the difficulties of life? We can choose to cooperate with God and then he will give us a clearer picture of who we are in him. As we focus on our identity in Christ, our character and our behavior starts to change. And God starts to teach us new things through every new situation we encounter. This enables us to grow in understanding of his presence, of his power, and to never lose sight of his faithfulness to his children. I want to tell you a story. 
1988, there was a violent earthquake in a city called Spitak in Russia. And in that earthquake, between 25 and 50,000 people were killed. That morning, a father had hugged his son and sent him off to school and said, Have a good day, my son, and remember that no matter what, I will always be there for you. But hours later, there was panic as this powerful earthquake rocked the area. The radio announced that there were thousands of casualties. The father grabbed his coat and headed for his boy's school. He found parents crying as they stood around a large pile of rubble. The father located the place where his son's classroom used to be. He pulled a broken beam from the rubble, then one block, then another. Another parent asked, what are you doing? Digging for my son, he replied. The man then said, you'll just make things worse. The building is unstable. The father kept on working. One by one, all of the other parents left. A firefighter tried to pull him away, but he kept on digging. He continued throughout the night and into the next day. Parents placed pictures of their children and flowers on the ruins, but this man just kept on digging. He picked up another beam, pushed it out of the way, and then he heard a faint cry, help. Then he heard a faint muffled voice, Papa. He began to dig furiously. Finally, he could see his son. Come on out, son, he said with relief. No, his son said, let the other kids come out first because I know that you'll wait for me. Child after child emerged until his son finally appeared. His father took him in his arms and hugged him. And his boy said, I told the other kids not to worry because you told me that you'd always be there for me. Fourteen children were saved that day because one father was faithful. How much more faithful is our Heavenly Father? There's so much uncertainty in this world around us today. Some people start their marriage with an exit plan, thinking that maybe it won't last. Our world no, longs to, no longer seems to value commitment in personal life, or in business. But faithfulness is a characteristic of our God. He is always true to his promises. He will not break his word. He will not lie. He is stable and dependable. Sometimes we may feel trapped by the hardships and struggles in life. But as we enter into a new year, it's important for us to remember that our God is faithful. A simple definition of God's faithfulness is found on the screen. Everything he says and does is certain. He is 100% reliable, 100% of the time. He does not fail, forget, falter, 
change or disappoint. He says what he means and means what he says. And therefore does everything he says that he will do. Let's look at a few verses about God's faithfulness. Psalm 119 verse 90. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth and it endures. Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Numbers 23, 19. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God's faithfulness is at the core of his identity. He wouldn't be God if he didn't keep his word. Bill Bright compared the attributes of God to a car engine. He said the pistons, fan belt, water pump, and all those thousands of moving parts that interact to power the car, they're all required. Take away one key part, and that engine will stop working. If we take away God's love, his character is incomplete. God's love works with all his other attributes, like his justice and his holiness. God's faithfulness is like the engine oil that keeps all the other parts running smoothly. This enables each aspect of his character to work at full capacity at all times. A.W. Tozer put it this way. He said, all of God's acts are consistent with all of his attributes. No attribute contradicts any other, but all harmonize and blend into each other in the infinite abyss of the Godhead. So how do we respond to God's love? to God's goodness and his faithfulness. God is drawing us as individuals and as a church into a new season of growth in relationship with him. To assist this growth, it's important that we pay special attention to those things that affirm God's goodness, those things that God feels uh, that God feels are important for us. Each one of us is unique. You're unique in your background, where you were born, your experience, your personality, your gifts, your character. These characteristics make you vital for the kingdom of God. It's important that we speak words of grace, words of life, hope, and encouragement to each other, and that we learn to walk in our unique identity. We're not exactly the same as other people. God has made us different because he has a special purpose for each of us. You may have a dream for your life, or a series of dreams, and those dreams may indicate what your destiny is. What has God called you to do with your life. 
If you could be anyone you wanted, if you could do anything you wanted, what has God put on your heart for you to do while you're on this planet? And so it's important that we grow in worshipping our Lord, in upreach, in relationship, that we invest time in studying his word, learning to really get to know him. We learn how to hear him more clearly and to serve him amongst the people around us. We cannot have Christ if we don't serve him. We're called to be servants. It's very easy to focus on the fact that we're sons and daughters of God. But sometimes we overlook the fact that we're servants of God and that he is our master. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke upon you. And in the old days, they used to get two oxen and they'd harness them together and they'd have to plow the fields. And so God's saying, you take my harness. Let me teach you. Let me show you the way to go because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Imagine if everything you did was what God wanted you to do. So you're not striving, you're just obeying. You're not, you know that the God of the universe is backing you up, that he's told you to do something, and so he's going to support you in that. Obedient service brings rest to our souls. Our thoughts, our emotions don't get troubled when we know that we're being obedient to God. From the moment we are saved, we're to live a, God, a life of service to our Lord. Sometimes we feel stuck, though. We feel as though we're going nowhere. And one of the main things that causes us to get stuck is bitterness and resentment. If you've got bitterness, someone's hurt you, someone's wounded you, that's like a big hole in the road, and you've fallen into it. And you're not going to get out until you're able to forgive that person. It's easy to interpret our present circumstances through the lens of a hurtful, negative past. Sometimes we can't see beyond the hurts of the past. We can't get out of that big hole in the road. We can't get on that walk towards our destiny in God. And so our faith and our vision is limited. This year, to really press into God and know God and understand Him better, jot down some of those things that happen in your life that are miraculous. Things that happen out of left field that you think, well, how did that happen? God, you were in that situation. Jot them down. Document your dreams and visions. When um, our first child was born, she was waking in the night for a, f a feed, and usually when she woke, Helen and I, uh, I was in a very deep sleep. And I was dreaming, and because I was suddenly awoken, I was able to remember my dreams. And I thought, gosh, these aren't random. God is speaking to me. And, I, and so I started writing these dreams down. 
And one day I saw a guy that I knew from high school days that I hadn't seen since my high school days. And he was backstage in some theatre. And, and he was crying. And I spoke to him in the dream. He says, oh, life is tough and I've got no money. So I randomly sent him $200 and said, look, I don't know where you're at, but I had this dream and I felt prompted to send you this money. He said, well, I'm the Youth for Christ director in Dunedin now, and the rally program is my most difficult part of, uh, of my ministry, that each month we've got to run a rally, and I'm responsible for it. And financially, we're really struggling. And so suddenly I realized that God was speaking to me through those dreams in the night. I'll tell you more about that another time, because there's other dimensions to it, but... Don't overlook the fact that God can speak to you during the night. And sometimes he's got something really important that he wants to tell you. And instead of picking up on it, you just let that word fall to the ground. And he's not able to use it in the way he desires. Sometimes you're reading a book and a promise of God particularly out of your Bible, will jump out at you. And God will, will say, this is my word to you today. Write down those promises. If you've had prophetic words spoken over you in the past, make sure you've got a record of them and review those words from time to time. God is leading us into new callings, new seasons, New anointings and giftings. Obey God, even if he's asking you to do something a little wacky, a little different. Step out in faith. Learn to trust him, and you will learn to hear him more clearly. You may get things wrong at times, but if you're obedient, you will cultivate that gift of hearing from him. Scripture has many examples of God calling people to move and walk in a new season, into a new place, or into an expanded version of their lives. Do you feel that sometimes it's as though you're going th through the same old, same old? That maybe God's got something different for you this year? That as you listen to him and you step out in obedience... He's going to guide you, and he's going to use you in a special way. Respond in trust and obedience to his call and to all the opportunities that he gives you. You know, sometimes people will randomly give me a book, and I'll look at that book, and I'll think, oh, I don't want to read that. And a voice will say, read it. And I'll read it, and I'll get something out of it. And sometimes I'll, I'll be thinking, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And, and he'll say, ring this person, visit that person, and trust the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you. The Lord has given us influence and significance in this town. How do we use that for his glory? He's giving us new gifts, new friendships, and strategic relationships. Are we prepared to faithfully partner with him and each other, to know him in new ways and expand our perceptions of him, to walk with him in love and in radical obedience, 
1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Are you living a life like Jesus did? Are you open to people? Do you love people? Do you respond to their need? The greatest miracles occur when we minister to others naturally out of our love for God without any sense of struggle or striving to do ministry. It's not a matter of, hey, I'm going to go off and I'm going to evangelize three people tonight. It's encountering those people that cross your path, that God puts you in contact with. Ephesians 4:32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as, as Christ forgave you. When we confess our weaknesses and our failures, God gives us the gift of forgiveness. There's a problem with a lot of Christians in that they think that they're perfect and that they can never do anything wrong. And so they become proud. And if they make a mistake, they're not going to own it. But when we humble ourselves and we admit that we've got something wrong, then that invites God into that situation to heal and to restore. 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our wrongdoing. So when we say that God is faithful, we're saying that God is totally committed to us. He won't change his mind. When we get to heaven, God's not going to look at us and say, look, I'm sorry, but I've changed the rules. He's quick to forgive us. He's eager to pull us out from under the rubble of life. There's a story of a young man who was training to be an Olympic diver. His friend shared the gospel of Jesus with him. But this man was resistant to spiritual things. And one night he went to the indoor pool at the university that he attended where he was training to be an Olympic diver. He arrived in the pool and the lights were off. But the moon was bright enough for him to practice his dives. So he climbed to the top of the high diving board and walked to the end. He turned his back to the pool and extended his arms out wide. He could see his shadow on the wall in front of him, and it formed a cross. Instead of diving, he knelt down on, on that board and asked Jesus to forgive him and to come into his life. As he stood up, the maintenance man walked in and turned the lights on. The diver gasped in horror. The pool had been emptied for repairs. If God hadn't spoken to him in that moment, and if he hadn't responded to that call, he would have dived off that board into an empty pool. God is being faithful to us in ways we may not even be aware of. Some of you may be standing on a diving board today, you're headed for trouble unless you turn your focus to the cross where Jesus fully demonstrated his faithfulness to us. 
You know, um, I was saying about how sometimes God speaks. I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't get back to sleep. And I'm thinking, what am I awake for? I've got a big day tomorrow and I'm really tired. And I'm reading about four books on my Kindle and I said, okay, God, well, I want to read a book until I feel tired and fall off to sleep. Which one do you want me to read? And I read this book and he gave me something from this book that I believe he wanted me to put in this message this morning. And this is what he said. Many people have suffered a heart wound that has led them to mistrust God. A parent or grandparent may have died by wasting away from cancer or in great pain. And you prayed intensely for their relief but nothing seemed to happen. And this has caused a wound in your heart. You ask, how could a loving, good, all-powerful God allow a situation where evil and pain could occur? Why didn't you answer my prayers, God? Why didn't you do something about it? Well, Jesus did do something about it. He chose to enter our world and take on all of our sin, shame, suffering, even the death that we deserved. We will one day be accountable with regard to what we have done with God's gift of Jesus to us. If you have turned away from God, you can come back to him today. If you have a heart wound, I'd like to pray for you later. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, you can do so today. Just pray with repentance and understanding this simple prayer that is coming up on the screen. I'll pray it over you now. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've done things my way rather than yours, and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins And I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I invite you to come into my heart and my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, please tell me about it after the service so that we can help you grow in your faith. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Please forgive us for those times when we have doubted you, when we haven't fully understood your actions. Lord, if we've been wounded, if we've been hurt by things that have happened that we don't understand, bring us to that place of forgiveness. Lord, so that our relationship with you can be restored and so that we can trust you again. In Jesus' name, amen.